12 March 2022. Today we'll be talking about a super viral video that I saw from Lisa Dowting. So I actually emailed Lisa to congratulate her uh, and see if there's anything that I could help. Uh, when I checked her channel, very interesting. There are no fancy pictures, no cinematic effects. And there was just something that you know we all crave. And that's this. That is plain, honest sharing. So you know these days on the internet, it's so easy to find fluff and stuff. And what we want is honest sharing, authentic honest sharing. And that's what Lisa has delivered in big doses. So today we'll be looking at a case study and uh, let's run to some of the points that I have today. I'll be changing between viewing me as well as viewing the slides that I prepared for you in this new mode of uh, communicating to you and as well as pointing you to the right direction that we should be viewing together. As you can see over here, Lisa is age 25, Singaporean, and she's been a full-time salary worker for two years and on a contract. Now, later we'll be critiquing a bit on this portion. I'll run through a few key points for today's discussion. And you know, Lisa, just in case you are also viewing this sometime down the road, uh, I mean well, when I play badminton myself, I also appreciate it when my peers tell me that, hey, this stroke is not correct. Your footwork can be adjusted. I appreciate it because at the end of the day, it helps me become better. And that's what I wish for you also. So today I'll be sharing with you my point of view as well as what I think are potential blind spots that everybody can learn a bit and uh, see and make changes. So back to this, Lisa has shared that she's the sole breadwinner, supporting herself and mother, and she lives in a two-room HDB flat. Single, no plans for children, and currently has some student loans. Let's look at the first key part that she's suggested for us, which is she's currently got a slight pay raise uh, past the video itself. So previously she was earning 3002 and then she got a pay raise of 3250 Now, uh, this increment uh, looks a bit little. And what I would suggest is if you are also viewing this and in a similar starting career position, I think it's very important to understand that you need to make friends in the HR department. You need to talk to recruiters. You need to learn how companies are willing to pay, which industries pay better. And that's where you know recruiters can bring you information. Because career progression is really an art. You need more point of views to learn. And once you learn it, you can actually expedite your own career growth very differently from if you've just taken what company gives you and uh, not know how to make the right changes. So negotiating, networking will bring you better income. And as we know, Finance 101, the first step is the income. Once your income is strong, you would realize that subsequently you can save more money, you can invest better, you can get a better lifestyle for yourself and family. So if you agree, smash the like button. And as always, if you are viewing this stream after it's been recorded, leave any comments you have below, I can pick it up and try to help give a different perspective to things also. So let's look back at Lisa's case. She's mentioned that she's following this principle of 50-30-20 rule. And let me share a bit more with you on this 50-30-20 rule. 50% of income goes towards expenses, what we can see over here, expenses. Now, when it comes to expenses, there's fixed expenses and variable expenses. And Lisa has correctly categorized them. Later, we'll deep dive into it, but I have more interesting insights. 30%, let's take it for now, that it is emergency fund savings and wealth for retirement. I've actually taught on this topic before, and uh, I've suggested 50% 
of your income goes towards necessities. 30% should be invested, 20% should be once as a rough framework. But this framework is for beginners, for you to get started, for you to understand adulting, for you to understand budgeting. Then once you get to a different level, you must save more than 30%. You must save 50% if you are serious about financial independence. Let's go back to the case. Realize that Lisa is very careful, very uh, meticulous in terms of how she can actually document the various expenses. This is a bit small. You can check out our channel, which I'll leave links below. And you realize that her take-home pay is $2,600. I've circled over here at the top that a lot of her CPF is used to pay in the house. In fact, everything on a CPF. She has $160, which I've circled there, that is used to further top up the mortgage, which means her monthly mortgage is $810. Keep that in mind, we'll discuss a bit deeper. She has student loans to pay, uh, but that definitely will drop off in a couple of years' time. So not to worry, the expenses, fixed expenses-wise, it will drop. There's insurance costs of $200 plus and $100 plus per month. That's a bit expensive, especially at an income take-home range of 2006 that is like more than 10% of uh, income. So do always not buy insurance progressively. Let me uh, change this back. Insurance, you know, we, we make life stage changes along the journey. Now at a starting age, you own a house, you need insurance to cover that loan, that liability. Then you have kids, you step it up. You did not buy everything in one shot. So buy it progressively as your lifestyle changes, your income changes, as well as your liability changes. So let's flow back to the case itself. You realize that over here, why I've actually pointed expenses, she's targeting to spend 50% of expenses, but she's blowing that budget simply because there is mortgage and there's student loans to repay. Let's dive a bit further. Uh, what we can see over here is the mortgage portion. And $160 is used from her CPF. This brings about a point. You know, I've always advocated when you buy a house you if you can pay the whole mortgage with your own cpf it's very easy on your equation you don't need excess cash just in case you have kids that come a long way or just in case you have extra expenses if your house you budget it correctly within your own cpf or your couple's combined cpf then very good you save on that cash portion so always buy a first house that is really comfortable within the budget and i've shared before 335 formula right Housewise, the loan, five times of annual income. If combined income is 80,000, look for a loan that's only 400,000. In that manner, you kind of stay safe. But I have also a suggestion for Lisa regarding the house part, which is what I think is the first major change that I'd like to recommend. Now, we flow back to the case on Lisa. She shared that she is trying to save, if we look at this over here, 400 into emergency cash, 200 into stash away, 200 for retirement for into scythe. Now Lisa, if you're watching this or if someone uh, viewing this also is in a similar situation, my suggestion is this. Before the age of 30, forget about retirement. Don't think about retirement. I work as an advisor. Uh, I can safely say that Along your journey, you realize that there'll be massive changes. Change of house, new people that come to your life. 
retirement planning, you need certain certainty, not at the start of the career. So while we put retirement there, usually it's to advocate you to think long term in saving up for the future. That's the main purpose of it. Don't be too fixated by retirement because at this tender age, your journey is still long ahead. If that becomes a chain, you realize that your equation is boxed up. You realize that you cannot grow your wealth fast. And today, that's what I want to share, how to actually think of your wealth differently. Let's look in terms of what Lisa is thinking uh, in terms of her savings. This over here constitutes a thousand. I boxed up over there. What she wanted to do for savings as well as wealth. Now, Lisa, I've also something to suggest, which is this. Now you have hit your six months emergency goal, something I'll share of 15,000. My challenge to that is why is it 15,000? Could it be six months of 2,600? That's why the target was 15,000. But that's not the only way to perceive it. Emergency cash, you can see only on the fixed expenses or the core expenses. And if that is only like what Lisa is projecting, 1,000, 3,000, 4, wouldn't $5,000 already cover three, four months of emergency cash? Emergency cash is good. That is something that, you know, when you are getting into a career, you should think of it first, build a first layer. And the numbers presented over here seems to suggest 5,000 is actually enough. If you keep 15,000, six months of total take home, you realize that 10,000 is stuck there unnecessarily. I'm trying to uncheck all certain definitions because if we want progressive change, we cannot think in a fixed box, correct? And this is the big key that I think is uh, missing. Keep only 5,000, 10,000, think of how to deploy. And as I've suggested, don't think about retirement because retirement is not the important part. So the question is what, what, what to put this money towards? Very simple. Now there is money is paid to your investment accounts over here and as well as a savings account. Invest safe and cash accounts. These are very conserv conservative ideas. I would like to suggest why not consider repaying the HDB loan early Go down to HDB with that 10,000, lump sum paid off. That's where you actually cut down the loan, you realize. HDB will accept. If you are on a bank loan, you, you realize you need a notification period. But HDB, they are very friendly. They allow you to pay down loan anytime and restructure it without any cost. Go down with this 10,000 or maybe half of it, 5,000, repay off the loan. And that's where we realize that the excess 116 you pay for a mortgage in cash, you can actually shorten it and eventually remove it once your loan is paid down, make sense? So don't go looking for cash accounts, cash investment accounts, fixed deposits, endowment plans, don't need. You're paying 2.6% already with your HDB loan. Go down, make lump sum payments with your excess cash. Bring down the monthly commitments to within your CPF and you start to free up your cash. Get it? You think about it. Emergency cash, a lot of times we all need it for house, correct? This is my own house. Doing this on the phone, I can show you around my own flat. And in our house, our major concern is always, what if, what if one day we don't have money to pay the mortgage itself? Very scary. A bit messy, the house. But once you have enough in CPF, use that as the buffer. And insurance can be your buffer against emergencies due to medical needs. That really means, do you really need that much emergency cash? It's something to reconsider. 
Although I, I do advisory work and I, I suggest you need some cash, but too much cash locks you up and does not grow your wealth. That's the key message. So I have a big rounding point for things for Lisa. If you were to use 10,000, 5,000 to pay off mortgage, what can you do? Is it only putting it into various investment portfolios, like what you can see over here? These are all great scythes, stash aways. These are all great platforms. But my biggest guess is when, when I create portfolios for clients or so, there's two biggest uh, suitability. One is for someone who's really planning towards retirement, 30s, 40s, just like I mentioned before. The other is to create a fixed savings. Lisa, for you, you already have a good saving habit. You track your budget way better than many. So the biggest problem of your wealth game is actually not in tracking your expenses. Don't spend too much time tracking expenses already. You've gotten that link in, reduce your attention to it actually, and start thinking where you can generate income. Can this 5,000 instead of going to a portfolio be done with, I don't know, taking on certain risk? It may not even be into stocks. It can be, for example, you look for bags, you look for something, a $200 bag that you can buy, that you can flip away. Interesting idea, correct? Because when you're young, you can take on risk. And risk is not only in stock market. You can take business risk. You can spend money on your YouTube to grow it further. And that brings me to a rounding point that I have for you today. In wealth, don't think of it linearly. It's not like a straight line up. You compound money, gradually you get to a good financial level. The secret is actually not, and I'll share with you now. Let's look at this specifically. Lisa, if you realize, you, you, you see your, your previous videos, they did 9,000 views. A lot were put in by this over here. 340,000 views. The first one, 9,000. The second one, 340,000. Whether this can be replicated or not, it's not the main issue. But this is the real magic. In wealth also, it's not linear. It is exponential at some point and leaps at some point. Just like how people make a lot of money from properties. Buy the property, at certain point sell it. That's where big gains are made. So money is not actually on the linear graph. You slowly save, slowly save. You realize you can't build money fast enough. You need to take certain big changes, big investments, big moves. Then you get quantum leaps. Just like how one video way bigger than the rest can actually pull out all the success you need. If one money decision, whether it's a house, an investment, a business, makes sense, you realize your life changes. So there's a real secret to wealth. Look for quantum leaps instead of linear progression. Hopefully this has been useful. As always, smash the like button. Leave any questions you have. And maybe we can all learn a bit differently from future case studies. If you like such videos, smash the subscribe. I'll try to do a live stream every Saturday. And with that, thank you for watching the video. I'll see you next one. Goodbye.